things on. I see you don't. I do. This is what I sleep in, sir. <laughs> I do not sleep with the guitar. No. This this looks kind of like, this shirt looks a bit old-timey pajama top, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. That's okay. You it's did all right. too. You didn't you forget. You just chose not to. Amen to you. <laughs> My pajamas are sweatpants and a t-shirt. You know, you know I, I, we had a suggestion that next time <laughs> it's come in comfortable clothes and pajamas are acceptable comfortable clothes. That, that might, maybe it will get a little bit fewer, more people coming with that. So, yes, you said fewer people come? People. You what? said fewer people will show up? More people will, I, pray for me, my mouth is not working. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're all here. <laughs> Yeah, I've had extra coffee today, so. Anyways, thanks for coming. I hope you, ha you had a great weekend and a good week. It is beautiful outside other than cold. It is really cold. And uh, it is definitely January in Oregon, so. Just for a couple more days, though. Just a couple more days? Yeah. Then it'll be February. That's the way it works. But it's getting lighter. Have you noticed that? Yes. yes. Hey, um, do you know the knuckle thing to understand how many days yeah. are in a month? Do you guys yeah. know that, the knuckle thing? No? Okay, if you don't, anytime you're not, you put your fingers together, your hands together like that. Anytime there's a knuckle up, that's a month with 31 January, days. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Then you jump. See? August. Yeah. You can do it with one hand, too, actually. January. Don't, don't confuse me. Don't. Yeah. yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Look it up. This works just fine. Easy. Yeah. Anyways, hey, we have announcements, don't we? New Year directory. Um, if you have not gotten your picture taken, this is an acceptable day for it too. Um, um, just um, talk to Jesse after the service, and uh, we'll get that taken. Um, and if if you don't want your picture taken, that's okay. But we would at least like to make sure we have updated information about you. So please make sure if you have not yet talked to Jesse about that. Let um, please do so. Next. Text to give. You know, this is one that's usually in our pre-service loop and we never talk about it, but there is an option. If, if you want, you can set it up so that you can just give by texting um, um, any amount you want to this, that number that you'll see on the screen. I think you might have to set it up because it's super easy to set up. And then after you've set it up, it's super duper easy. You just, you know, text the amount to that number and boom, goes right straight to the church. And once, once you set it up, it actually is kind of cool to do things like you, you think you're thinking about going to Dutch Brothers to get coffee. And then you go, maybe I'll skip the coffee today and I'll take that $5 and just give to the church. Yeah. You know, so it makes a, a you know, as you're thinking about just little things, that's an opportunity to, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to forego that today. Just make a small little minor sacrifice right. for the sake of, you know, yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't normally talk about that, but I just wanted to make sure it is available because there was a conversation I had with someone in the last week or two and realized they did not know that this was an option. So it is an option if you would like it to make it easier for you. Next. Just a second. It is pajama day today. This is why we're wearing these. Um, and I got my slippers on. Um, 
next. But after that, there is a potluck, a breakfast-themed potluck after the church service. And uh, everybody's welcome, whether you brought something or not. We'd love to have you. Uh, next coloring group is tomorrow at 7 p.m. here at the church. The ever-popular coloring group. And then Shop Talk is coming up. What's that, two weeks from now? Next week. Wow. Next week here at the church, 8 a.m. So, okay. Is that it? That's all of it. All right. So, um, talking about the sermon today, we're continuing to work through um, e- Ephesians chapter 1. And we're, uh, we're, we're going through it just... Hearing again, who are you in Jesus? And last week, was the point was that you're blessed. God has blessed you in Jesus. And so what does that mean? What are the blessings? What, what, are the, what does it mean to how we should be thinking about who we are as believers? And uh, we're going to see just how God had a plan to want you. You are wanted. You are defended. And you, frankly, are secure. Because that's those blessings from, from that you have in Jesus, you didn't earn them, you can't lose them. Just trust him. Let that shape who you are as a person. Okay? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us in Jesus. Thank you that you've blessed us so much. That you, you wanted us from, from before the foundations of the world. Wanted your, you wanted a family. Lord, we are family here. Whether it's here in this room or wherever it is that we're, that, that's hearing this online, and we're family. With all the meaning of that. We're holy in you, Jesus, and we are so thankful of that because we, we, we can be so hard on ourselves. Thank you for that defended us even against our own our, our own accusations thank you that you want us thank you that you've purified us <laughs> and thank you Lord that, that that we can stand secure in you now give us help us to praise you as you deserve in your name we pray Father, briefly, the word insecure is in my mind today, not because I necessarily feel insecure, but because sometimes we just feel uncomfortable or like things don't fit the way that we want them to. Um, And I hope that discomfort leads to you and insecurity is... Um, you wear the salve for that, that sometimes we just need to be reminded of of who you are and how you work in our lives so we can set aside our power or what our perception of our power might be. Help us to set that aside as well. pray here just a moment. Um, Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. Mm. Uh, Obviously, we see the vision of Christ on the cross and people making fun of him for that. How do we put ourselves 
into that place. That's something that I was thinking about as we were singing that song. And I think for me, it is where the way I live my life does not honor who he is. That the choices that I make are directly opposed to who he has called me to be. That's as how I scoff at him. Um, let's pray. Father, for each of us, that, that we would relinquish our quote-unquote hold on all that we have or think we have in this world, Lord, and we lay that down, that we would instead take up what you've asked us to take up and that our, our breath, our life, our actions, our, our interactions, the way that we love people would be a reflection of who you've called us to be and that rejecting that we are let us not scoff at you by rejecting that, Father. May we wait patiently for you to return and as we listen for your word. So, we're continuing our, our message in, in Ephesians. And uh, it's all going to be about who are you? Who are you? And that uh, who you, when, you, when you think about who you are, um, it, it, it shapes the perspective on everything that's happening in your life. If you see yourself, you know, as... Um, unlucky, or you see yourself as as deprived, or you see yourself as not um, just maybe ugly. That that someone's always going to hurt you. I mean, th th these kinds of shapes and, and views of who you are as a person really affect how you interact with the world, and 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 that that identity for who you are, it it's something that was built up over decades. Right, um, primarily through your parents, you know how they shaped you and how they talked about to you, and it, it's it's very difficult to shift that identity. Um, but but one of the things we're called to do as believers is to see ourselves more and more the way God does. Um, and and like we were singing just a moment ago about how the Father loves us, some of us had horrible fathers, um, some of us had decent fathers, but even the good fathers, there there's always some way that they've wounded us, some way that they let us down. And, and that's a real challenge. But the, the goal is not to jettison the, the idea that God being your father, it's to, it's to reshape it. Oh, this is, this is my, my heavenly father. And go, this is, this is what a father is supposed to be like. It's, he, he wants to reparent you, in a sense. And so it's a lot of work to change how you see yourself. But that's part of what needs to happen to be mature in Christ. And and one of the things, this is, I'm a little off, off, off my script here for a moment, but when you look at like Romans 12, 1 and 2, where uh, the, 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 all of Romans up to about chapter 12 is all about talking about what is the gospel. And then at 12, he switches into practical. How do you do that? And, and, and one of the things it says in that, those verses is that, that we need to think differently to be mature. 
How you think affects how you live your life. And so th- that's what Paul is doing here. He's, he's trying to tell you information about how to think about yourself in a different manner. And it takes work. It takes practice, constantly reminding yourself. And so that's what we're going to be doing over this. I'm going to present the material, but it's up to you to do the hard work of remembering and in incorporating things like that you're wanted, that you're not abandoned, that you are loved. you, th- you got to work hard to think about that God is, def- is defending you and that you are a secure person. These are hard things, but the benefits are worth the effort, right? Because you'll be more loving to yourself. You'll be more loving to the people around you. You'll be more Christ-like, which one day that you will be, all right? Now, um, last week, um, we talked about what's the basic sentence in, in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, and it's this, that God, this, this, the, the, the blessed one, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the subject of this one, frankly, entire sentence from verses four, uh, uh, 3 through 14. And, and the verb in that sentence is, has blessed us. Has blessed us. We're the, we're the object of the blessing, and it was through Jesus. Th- th- that's the basic point of this entire passage, that God is doing the action of what's happening in these verses. Now, as we're going to see, it, it breaks up, and this week it's going to be what's, what is the Father doing, and then we're going to see what the Son does, and then we're going to see what the Holy Spirit does, because they all play a different role in how that works. Um, but that's the basic sentence. God has done something, and what that is, is blessing us. And, that, and, that, and, and the, the means by this is Jesus. Now, as we get it, now, th- these four verses, verse 4, 5, and 6, three verses, 4, 5, and 6, um, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask these questions just so to give you a sense of where I'm going. How was this, this blessing done? What is the blessing? When, did, when was it done? And who did it? Okay. And, and as we see here, I mean, the basic point of, to begin with is that the Father had a plan. Now, I'm going I'm to show you that in the text, and we're going to end up coming back to that. that. This is the who. But I want you to, to get a sense at the beginning that the Father had a plan. He had, he had an idea. And we can see this right here. Just looking through that, um, I, we're going to read through it, and, and as you'll see there are highlights. This is the point so you can see it. Even as he, the Father, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ. And all of this was according to the purpose of his will the praise of his glorious grace which he blessed us in the beloved and so what you're going to see here in just these you know we can see here you know he chose us we have here he predestined us and according to the purpose of the will there, there, there's a plan god god the father had 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 something in mind that he wanted to do he wanted to do something he had a plan and this plan was accomplished we're gonna, again we're going to come back to this who but I wanted you to see there, there's a plan. And we're going to come back to this, what this means a little bit more. Okay? But the first thing is, how was this accomplished? And the answer is Jesus. God had a plan, but it was accomplished through Jesus, by the means of what Jesus did. Now, that's not terribly shocking. It's not very, well, of course Jesus did it. But let's, 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 let's just see it in the text, right? Um, he chose us in him. 
before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. We're going to see that, talk about that in a minute. And here is, and it, we were predestined to be adopted, and it was again through, through Jesus. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. See, in every one of these things, Jesus is the means by which it all occurs. God had a plan, and, and this plan was enacted, this plan was put into place, and it accomplished through what Jesus Christ has done. Through his death and resurrection, it's him dying on the cross, his coming, his coming and living a perfect life, perfectly obeying the Father, going to the cross, bearing our sins on it, and, and then being crucified, dead, buried, on the third day rising again. And then pouring out the Spirit. The gospel. This is what Jesus, Jesus is what has accomplished the blessings. Remember the basic sentence. God has blessed us and it is through or in Jesus. And as I said last week, in or through Jesus means, well, there's the summary. By the means of Jesus chose us through him in the beloved. And when we talk about in Christ, it's this idea of the instrument, the location of the blessings. It, it's in Jesus that all the blessings of Jesus Christ are available. All the blessings of God in the heavenly realms are in him. He is the location of it. He is the instrument for, by which we get it. And it is through our connection with him, through our participating with him in his death and resurrection through faith, our identifying can see that talked about as I talked about last week and if you look at like Romans 6 how we're united with Christ through our faith in him okay and here's the basic point we are blessed through his actions his actions his living the perfect life his bearing our sins these are the it is his actions not ours that create the blessings that secure the blessings for you Paul will say, every promise in, is, is yes in Christ. Jesus is the reason for the blessings. God had a plan to bless us, and it was accomplished through Jesus. Now, as we're going to see here, by, by the way, because it is through his actions, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, this is why it's to the praise of his grace. Because it's not you who did this, he did it. So let's look at the results, okay? What were the results of his father's plan? Father had a plan, accomplished through Jesus, but what are the results? What, did, what, what was accomplished? What was it the father trying to accomplish? Of course, when he tries, he, he achieves, but what is it? And the, and the two answers are basically blessings and praise. Blessings for us and praise to himself. Blessings to us, praise to himself. And watch as we go through here. Even as he chose us, he had a plan before in him, before the foundation of the world. We're going to talk about that in a moment. That we should be holy and blameless before him. The first blessing, actually there's two there. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons, as children, according to the purpose of his will. And then to the praise of his glorious grace. So, one of them is that you are holy. 
as he puts here in the, in the very couple of verses earlier, to the saints, to the holy ones. And this is a standard thing that Paul calls Christians, saints. And I know for some of us, Joe, for example, who grew up in, in the Catholic Church, to hear that you're a saint gets a little, uh, what? And it's not necessarily me- meant the way they mean it, but we are saints. That is an appropriate biblical term for Christians. It means holy ones. And holy means set apart, distinct, uniquely set apart for the service of God, fit to be in his presence. We're his holy ones. Again, why? Not, was, was this accomplished because of us, because of our actions? No, because of Jesus, remember? The blessing comes through Jesus. Now I could go to a variety of the books in the New Testament, and Paul re- repeatedly calls Christians saints. You're saints. You're holy. Set apart. Unique. It's used to describe certain like rooms in the tabernacle, certain utensils that are supposed to be only used for the service of God. You're, des- you're, you're, you're made fit to be in his presence and used by him. This is what holy means. And you are holy because of Jesus. And the second thing is, you are blameless. You are holy. He, the, the plan was that through Jesus Christ, he, he, he had this plan to make us holy and blameless. Blameless means no charge. No accusation can stand against you. No condemnation. No, no, no saying that you're not good enough. That's Satan's job, as you know, to accuse the brethren of, of wrongdoings. But we have, a, we, but we, have a, we have an advocate before the Father. So that when, the, when, when Satan comes, to, comes and says, the Brian did this, the Father looks at Jesus and says, that, that, whatever that charge is, it's paid for. It's already done. It's all paid for. No charge can stand. Another way of saying this is we're justified. We're, we're declared right with God. Now, a parallel passage to this, which I'm going to read a lot of this here, is, is in, in Romans chapter 8. Paul is saying that in certain ways, Paul was unoriginal in that he kept saying the same things in different ways, which is beautiful, but it's just the same thing. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. So when we hear words of that you're, you're a bad person or you're not good enough or you're a failure, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Skipping a few verses down. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. We're going to talk about that in a moment. As sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself cry, bears witness with our spirit, that we are children. That if children, then we are heirs. And so, who can bring any charge against the elect? It's, the God, it's God who justifies, and who can condemn is Jesus Christ, who is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised, and who is at the right hand of God, who is interceding for you. This is why Paul says that you're blameless. 
because Jesus is interceding for you. Again, we can look at our own lives and our own actions and, yeah, I fall on this way, I sin in this way, I do all these things that are not okay. But in Jesus, because of his actions, before him, you are blameless. Including that, that means you are his child. To be adopted into his family. Your family. In Roman times, which is the primary metaphor that Paul is probably drawing upon, because Jewish the, the Jewish, here, let me just put it back here. There we go. There we go. Um, that in, in Jewish um, time, culture, Adoption really didn't occur. The closest thing was leveret marriage, but it's really not quite the same thing. Um, there was some use of it in Greek culture, but Paul was much more of a Roman than he was a Greek. And so if we look at the Greek, how, wh what did the Greek, I mean, Roman world think about with this idea of adoption, which is probably where, where Paul is more drawing that, that image. And when we look at it, um, it, it involved a couple of things. One, that, that the birth parent, particularly the father, would have to fully and completely um, uh, let go of any right at all to the child. So that once he did that, the child had zero obligations. With full rights, full responsibility, I'm taking care of this, this child. And it was almost always done so that this child could inherit the family portion. That's why they did it. And so when we think about this, you were born into the family of Adam. You were born into the family of the rest of humanity. And God has brought you out of that into his family. Paul put it in another place, like you were, you were, and we're going to see it in a couple, in chapter two, that you were born into one kingdom and you've been transferred into another kingdom, into God's family. You're his. You have no obligations to the world. And the father takes full responsibility for that. You're his. God wanted a family. He wanted to be in that family with all the warmth of what a family ought to mean. Okay. The result of God's fa father's, of, of the father's plan was holy children. And the second one was praise to his grace, his glorious grace. As we could, as I saw at that, that very end of chapter, uh, where is it? to the praise of his grace. Because all of these blessings, again, I, I keep hitting this because you need to hear this. This is really important. That all of that is not your actions. Both in the, in, in the sense of, of, of this adoption even in the Roman world, the child did nothing to deserve it. The father made that, the adopting father made this choice. The holiness, the blamelessness, all of this, all of this plan was acted by Jesus. This is why you are to the praise of his grace. 
these are the two results. And the question is begged, when did he do this? And it's before creation, before you existed, God made this plan. Because he says, right, even as he chose us before the foundation of the world, before you could say yes or no, before you could say right or wrong, before you did anything to either earn this, deserve this, or not deserve this. And it made me think about this idea of, of choosing in that, and it made me think of something Paul said in Romans 9. It's talking about uh, um, Esau and Jacob. It's in, it's in, it's in Genesis. And Paul is talking about why these two sons of Isaac, why did God decide to bless Isaac and not Esau? Why? And he says this. I know it's really small. I probably should have broken up. But he says, even though they were not yet born, these two, these two babies, and had done nothing good or bad, not something right or wrong, it had nothing to do with these two children at all is the point, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, because of him who calls. And that's the point. And we get a little worked up on this whole predestination thing, but the point is, is God did the action, is your security. It doesn't say anything about whether someone is worth it or not, or who's in it or not. That's not Paul's point. The point is, is your security in him. You didn't choose this to be your, the plan. God wanted this for you. The Father had a plan. This plan was before one Adam was created. He wanted this. That through Jesus, certain people would be blessed, would be his holy children, would be near him. When we look at this word chose, it's the, it's, 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 it's the word that's used that that means out of multiple options, deciding this one is the one I want. It doesn't say anything about the one who isn't picked. It just simply says this one. And it always has a, a, a personal um, intent involved. It's not random. That we should be holy and blameless before him. And in love he predestined. It's this sense of... I. I see into the future, and I want that future for this person. And there's love there. It's not emotionless. There's a, there's a desire for you to be his child, to be fitting to be in his presence. And all of this was something that he acted according to what he wanted to have happen. Now, I... I, I don't know all the intricacies, how all free will versus predestination and all that works out. I don't know. That's not the point. I think the point that Paul is trying to get at is your security. That the Father wants you. He wanted you. You're, you're, you're not abandoned. You're not alone. That's Paul's point, that the Father had a plan, and that plan included you. 
Remember? Remember what I said that God is just is doing the action of this whole sentence. God is the subject. He does the action of the verb. And the, the, this, has, this says nothing about the worthiness or unworthiness of any of the people. That's not the point. It's not random. It's not, but it's very, very personal. And this is why it has to do with grace. This is why this plan was to the praise of his grace. Because we are the recipients of this lavish blessing that we have not earned nor deserved. It's because God wanted to give us. him all of eternity and his dearly loved child he chose God had a plan he chose to predestine us according to his will when did he do this he did this before the foundation of the world he planned all of it to, to achieve what for us to be holy to be blameless to be adopted as his children his sons by the way, that's not that's not, that's not femata. What's the word I'm looking at? He's not dishing on women there, because sons. The, the idea of sons there is the idea of inheritors, okay? And all of this being praised to himself because of the glorious grace achieved by Jesus Christ for us. That's what these verses are saying, and one of the things it means is that you're wanted. And so when you when you go out into the world and you, you, you feel like you know, you're the last one picked, that no one wants to hang out with you, no one is, is concerned about what's happening in your life, the Father is. The Father is. When you feel unloved, the Father loves you. You're cared about. He's thinking about you. He has a plan for you. You're defended. Let's go to this one. When those, when those accusations come that you're not good enough, that you're a sinner, that you're worthless, you have a defender. It is Jesus himself who says to you, no. Whether, it's those, whether those, those thoughts are from outside or your own thoughts, remind yourself you're holy. Because you're blameless before him. You're his, you're his holy beloved child. You're defended from all these attacks. When someone doesn't understand you, golly, I get that. When someone is like, you know, you're, you're, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're, you're, you're whatever, it is, whatever the negative is, you have a defender in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always interceding for you. You're defended. And all of this, you are ultimately, you are very, very secure because none of those, those things ultimately rest on your ability. The Father's plan accomplished through Jesus' action. Can't lose it. He didn't earn it. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. You're secure. You're secure in Jesus.
even as he chose us in him, God had a plan. When? Before the foundations of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. Blessing one. In, in love, he predestined us. God had a plan. For, for, for us to be adopted as himself, as sons through Jesus. Jesus is the, is the one who accomplished this. All of this was according to his will. And it's to the praise of his grace because he has blessed us in the beloved. Dear people, you are wanted, you are, you are secure, and you are defended. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, help us to live worthy of these blessings. Help us to hold on to you. Help us not take this, this, this for granted. So I pray for those who, who struggle with these, 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 these condemning thoughts, these harsh thoughts, these thoughts of being unloved or unwanted. These thoughts of just nothing seems to be okay in their life. You know, the, the, the constant accusations that we, we, we beat ourselves up with. Lord, I, we, I pray that we would all be able to hear your voice, your loving, calm, sure voice that says that we are your holy children. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Sometimes it's important for me to just hear you and for you to hear yourselves. If you've ever been to a concert, which many of you have been, and there's somebody singing and they're so loud, there is, you're protected in singing loudly along with them because you know it, you can't hear anything else, right? But sometimes there's a beautiful vulnerability and just being exposed in all of your messiness and frailty and your flawed self. And um, thank you for singing the way that you do. You are unique and wonderful in that. Speaking of messiness, this song. I don't know which one of those three you really needed to hear today, whether it's that you're wanted or that you're secure. But I can tell you the one that I, I need to hear is, is the defense. A couple weeks ago, my, my uncle passed, and he was one of the few people in my younger years that was a believer in my family. And so he, he was quite, loomed quite large. And uh, well, it was said again yesterday at the memorial that we w I went to, but also when I was up there when he passed, his daughter said, quote, 
he was so full of grace, he had grace for everybody else but himself. And he wrote a poem called Legacy where he was reflecting on his life and he asked what his legacy will be. And he, and he said in the poem, when they sit around to talk about me, are they going to just recall all my faults? See, I, I resonate with that. I don't know about you, but I do. I can be pretty hard on myself. And I need to hear that in those moments, the father whispers, Ryan, I, you're, I'm defending you against you. You're loved. You're not, no charge will stand against you. Because of what Jesus, my son, has done for me. So I don't know which one of those is you need to hear today. Maybe it is the second. But that's what we, that's what we come here to remind ourselves again. Why do we come quarterly? I could pass it to you, and maybe sometimes I need to do that and read it more often. But a lot of it's because this is because this, this is something you need to choose. You need to want to please him. So as you come forward, it's 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 the act of saying, I want this. I want you, Jesus. That's why we come forward. You can't passively become a Christian. You have to just you have to seize it. So come when you come forward today, do so with the I want you, Jesus. I want to be your son and daughter. I want you to forgive me. I want your blessing. And I appreciate it. So come and get the elements while we sing the song. And I pray that you have some sets of song. As we sing that song, sing it to yourself. Sing it to the people around you that may the Christ of peace be with you. And then once you sing the song, we'll do the elements and, and we'll partake together. that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and said, this is my body given for you. And all those accusations, all those failures was laid on him. And he took the punishment for it. The punishment for our blessing. For he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. It is by his blood and his death that you are holy and blameless. You are righteous and you are his child. Father God, thank you so much for that, that feast Help us to hear, talk to ourselves better. Help us to hear your, your, your loving, calm, gentle voice. Saying that you're, we are yours. That you delight in us. You are yours. The body and blood of Christ given for you.
encounters with Jesus. And finally, he knows how much grace he still he has. Finally, he knows. And today, maybe some of you are grieving someone who you've lost. I pray that there's hope for you, that you would have some comfort. We're going to sing one of my mom's favorite songs. I can remember sitting right over there, clapping her hands to it. It's I'll Fly Away. But let's end with this. Um, this is for those we've, we've lost. And also contemplating the word secure. Mm. This is a song we sing because we are. Yeah. May God bless you today. May God bless you all of this week and beyond, knowing that you're loved, you're secure, you're, you're wanted, you're defended. Listen to him and not to the world or yourself sometimes, all right? God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy us for the potluck. All right, take care.